How do you know that the Bible is God's word? How do you know that other religious books aren't God's word, like the Quran and other holy books? How could you defend this, or could you? Today we're going to look at that question. My name's Hayden, and this is Help Me Believe. In today's modern scientific era, how could you possibly still believe in God? And, and the resurrection, people do not rise from the dead. And don't even start to tell me that you think the Bible is God's word. If you've ever heard questions like these, or if you've ever had doubts about your faith, this has helped me believe where each week we aim to answer a tough question about Christianity. Our aim is to strengthen the believer and answer the critic. So we've been looking at the reliability of the Bible, we've looked at uh, what it means when we say God's Word, and we've looked at some historical evidence that backs up or corroborates uh, the New Testament. And so, uh, one last uh, thing I wanted to cover in this kind of short series about the Bible is the theological reliability of the Bible. So a text, obviously, can be historically accurate and not be the Word of God. Just because something's historically accurate doesn't make it the work, the Word of God. Think about any of your textbooks, obviously. So how can we know that the Bible is, in fact, God's Word? Well, other than the historical reliability, because that just shows that there's not any inaccuracies in the Bible. If there were, then that would mean um, that God had revealed something that was false, and and God, by definition, doesn't do such a thing, so it would not be um, God's Word. That's why the historical reliability is important, and it's important for other reasons as well, but I want to focus on the theological reliability of the Bible today. So we can know that the Bible is God's Word, and no other holy books that claim to be God's Word are, because Jesus rose from the dead. So they may, that might not be uh, it may not be obvious as why that is so uh, immediately, but let me lay it out for you in a structured argument. It goes like this. Jesus claimed to be God, which he did, and Jesus rose from the dead, which I would argue that he did, and I have elsewhere. And so if Jesus rose from the dead, then he proved that his claim was true, that he is God, and therefore, as God, he is the truth and he has taught the truth. In other words, if Jesus rose from the dead, that vindicate, vindicates in all, in any and all of his teachings. And so, Jesus taught that the Old Testament is God's word. And he also ordained his twelve apostles to speak on his behalf, on God's behalf, since Jesus rose from the dead, proving that he is God, which would make the New Testament the word of God as well. And so, we'll go through this more in detail as we go along, but that's what the argument would look like. That's what I mean when I say that the the theological reliability of the Bible is dependent on, it hinges on, the historical reliability of Jesus' resurrection. If Jesus did not rise from the dead, I couldn't answer this question. I couldn't tell you why, other than historical reliability, why the Bible would be God's word over and against, say, the Quran or any other holy text, um, unless those other texts make historically inaccurate claims, we can dismiss those, but it doesn't mean that the Bible is theologically reliable. So, the first um, thing I want to talk about is Jesus did, in fact, claim to be God. Some say he didn't because he didn't explicitly say, hey guys, I am God. No, he did not reveal that. He did not reveal his divinity 
in that way, but he certainly did. And there's 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 no way you can read the Gospels and not see that he is claiming to be God, especially if you were a first century Jew. It would just be obvious, and it was obvious. That's why they wanted to crucify him, because to claim to be God is to blaspheme. That's blasphemous. So in John, the, the most obvious one, I think, is in John 10, verse 30, where Jesus says, I and the Father are one. And the following verses, verse 31 and 32, make it clear <clears throat> that his Jewish audience understood him perfectly clear that he was claiming equality with God. And, that's, and they said, this is why we're going to stone you, and this is why we're going to put you to death. To death. And so Jesus clearly claimed to be God. And that's why I say if he rose from the dead, then his claim is correct. And um, you'll have to, I've linked, um, I'll link some articles that I've written before and some videos that I've done before about why I believe Jesus rose from the dead. I'm not going to lay that argument all out right here, but I have done so elsewhere. And it would just take up too much time for the amount of length that I like to make these uh, videos. But you can, by all means, look those up. I'll leave a link. And so that means, one, Jesus claimed to be God. He rose from the dead, which means his teachings are true, including the one where he claims to be God. And so um, if Jesus was, in fact, blasphemous when he said, I am God, then God clearly would not have uh, raised him from the dead. And so his being raised from the dead is a clear indication, it's a clear vindication of his teaching that he was God. And so, this is this is the argument I'm making. So, what else did Jesus say? What did he say about the scriptures? What did he say about the Old Testament? Because some today think that we should unhitch from the Old Testament, or that the Old Testament is out of date, and our ethics have evolved over uh, the last millenniums. Millennia? I don't know what the plural form is, I'm sorry, any English people out there. But... They think the Old Testament is out of date and that we should unhitch from it. And, um, you know, it makes some odd statements about um, putting people to death and other things like that. You know, are we supposed to be doing that today? There's a lot of questions around that. They're good questions. It's an honest question. Sometimes the skeptic will um, will say uh, something like, if you, were, if you truly believe the Bible is God's word, you'd still be following all the laws and things like that. So what did Jesus say? Jesus makes it clear how we ought to view the Old Testament. Um, he explicitly refers to Moses and the prophets, and so that would be um, a shorthand for saying the the whole the whole the entirety of Scripture, the Old Testament. There was no New Testament at this point, so all of the Old Testament he explicitly refers to as the Word of God in Mark seven thirteen. He just he calls it the Word of God, which is which is exactly what I'm trying to argue for. Right now, so Jesus clearly believed that the Old Testament was the Word of God, and then he goes on to say uh, in Matthew five seventeen, he says that he did not come to abolish the Old Testament, but to fulfill it. And so it's it's important to note here that the Old Testament still applies. It's it's still um, profitable for teaching and edification and rebuking. It, it you preach from it just like you preach from the New Testament. It's God's word, and it's always it's it's eternal, so it's always going to have a, uh, some kind of value. Now, it, it, it ha 
Jesus didn't leave it unchanged, okay? He didn't come to abolish it. He made that clear. But he also didn't leave it unchanged. He fulfilled it. And so whatever we teach from the Old Testament, it must be in light of the fact that Jesus has fulfilled it. He's fulfilled the law. He's fulfilled the, the, the promises, the covenants. He's fulfilled the Old Testament in its entirety. That's what I believe. There's obviously a debate as to what it specifically means when, when, when we read Jesus fulfilled the, uh, the Old Testament, the law, and the prophets. What does, that, what does it mean for him to fulfill that? And so there's plenty of debate to be had around then. I just try to keep things simple. Um, but anyway, clearly Jesus believed that the Old Testament was God's word, and he taught that, and he's the one that rose from the dead. It's proving that he's God, so we should probably take his word for it. Now, the New Testament, um, that all from the Old Testament should be pretty clear, um, that Jesus taught that the Old Testament was God's word. The New Testament is a little bit more tricky, and it's really not that tricky at all, but it's a little bit more tricky. So obviously Jesus never says, oh, also guys, the New Testament's God's word too. Don't forget that. There was no New Testament. So how do we come to believe that the, the New Testament is God's word when clearly Jesus would only have spoken of the Old Testament while he was alive and doing ministry? Because although Jesus never explicitly says that, obviously, uh, he does specially anoint the apostles to be his spokespersons here on earth after his departure. He clearly says this. And and this means that they are essentially serving, okay, since Jesus is God and he has spokespeople, a spokesperson of God in the Old Testament was called a prophet, and in the New Testament, Jesus' apostles serve the same function. And Peter recognizes this in 2 Peter 3, 2. If you want to look that up, he, he makes the same analogy that I just made, more or less. I think he does so kind of implicitly, but... Um, the Old Testament prophets were to God as the New Testament apostles were to Jesus is essentially the idea that I'm trying to convey here, which is really the same same thing because Jesus is God. And so God spoke to the prophets, the prophets spoke to the people, and they wrote down those writings and um, understood them to be God's word because they were from God to the prophets to the people. In the New Testament, Jesus is God, so Jesus spoke to the apostles, the apostles spoke to the people, and they wrote down these writings, and uh, so they're included in the scripture as God's word. And this is straight, this is uh, not something, okay, I've, I've tried to dispel a lot of crazy beliefs or teachings that people and skeptics say about the Bible and about the New Testament. You know, they say that it wasn't, the New Testament letters were not considered God's word until hundreds of centuries later or whatever. This is nonsense. It's right here in the Bible. Peter himself believed this. Peter, in the same breath that he speaks about the authority of the Old Testament, which clearly he would, he's a first century Jew, he would clearly believe that this was God's word. In the same breath that he speaks about the Old Testament, he places Paul's writings at the time on par with the Old Testament. In 2 Peter 3, 15, 16, you can read this for yourself. He, he speaks of Paul's writings as having the same exact authority, the same divine authority as the Old Testament scriptures. So this was understood even by the apostles at the time that they were writing. As Peter is writing the New Testament, he's recognizing other people like Paul who are writing letters, he's understanding their letters to be divinely inspired by God and therefore should be included as the Word of God. So this is how we come to the conclusion that the Old Testament and the New Testament are God's Word. It, and it's all based on the, the bottom the bottom premise is that Jesus rose from the dead. If he did not rise from the dead, I, w I, wouldn't, I don't know how I would be able to make this argument.
I would be left with maybe something that is historically accurate. Of course, it wouldn't be historically accurate because Jesus didn't rise from the dead. So you see how something, the theological reliability of the Bible is dependent on the historical reliability of Jesus' resurrection. Hey guys, thanks so much for watching or listening. Don't go anywhere just yet. Be sure to hit the subscribe button if you like uh, the episode or like us on Facebook if you're watching on Facebook. And also if you want to become a supporter of the show and get access to the bonus segment, early release, and, and plenty of other stuff, head on over to our Patreon page at www.patreon.com forward slash help me believe or just follow the link in the description and become a supporter of the show for as little as a dollar to get that bonus segment. You want to go to the $5 level. But anyway, thanks so much for watching, and uh, we'll see you next time.